Hey friends, this is Pastor Zek. You're listening to Jesus in the Center, one-year Bible podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Today we're looking at Genesis 16, 17, and 18. We're looking at Matthew 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount, Psalm 7, and part of Proverbs chapter 2. Wow, there is... Uh, I was so grateful. We had about 21 people at our Bible study this morning, and we're all just hungry to learn. I know uh, this will ebb and flow because reading the Bible is not easy, but we've made it uh, one weekend. This is day number seven, and I'll try to get these podcasts out earlier in the day, but uh, I'm thankful for all of you who listen in. Today in Genesis uh, 16, 17, and 18, we see God, uh, two things that just kind of came to my mind. One is that he keeps on making covenants with Abraham. He, uh, he says, I'm going to make my covenant with you. I make my covenant, and this is all the same covenant, but he keeps making it. He keeps making his promises. He could have made it once, like Genesis 12. Like he said, uh, I will bless all the families of the earth through you. He could have said that and been done. But instead, he shows up in Genesis 12 there, and then also in Genesis 13, Genesis 15. And here, we'll see him again show up in uh, in these chapters, that he keeps on making the promises. The second thing is that God continues to reveal himself. His name uh, capital L-O-R-D. That is, when you see that in the Bible, that is the name Yahweh. It's not a general name for God. This is the Lord in capitals. That's that's our Lord Yahweh. And so, anyway, just a couple things here interesting. In uh, chapter 16, it starts off and they, you know, Sarah is feeling this this pressure of having, of bearing uh, children. If Abraham's going to be a great nation, he better have some kids, right? And he has none. And so she has a female servant who is an Egyptian. Remember, they went down to Egypt and came back. So somehow, maybe in that whole uh, going down and coming back, they acquired this female uh, slave whose name was Hagar. Interesting that they themselves, Abraham's you know, children, um, a few generations down, they themselves would become slaves in Egypt. So the, the circles will be turned. But she she's angry. She says, and she blames God. Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Uh, the Lord has kept me from having children. So she is, she's angry. She's going to take things in her own hands. She says, go and sleep with my slave. And Abraham, it says, he listened or agreed to what Sarai said. Bad idea, Abraham. This is kind of like Adam in the garden. Where is he? You know, where is his leadership? It's about the same as Abram here, where he's, he's not leading. He's just you know, there's this tension throughout these chapters where they have the promises, but, and this is the same in our life, they don't have the fulfillment yet. So you think, man, I guess yeah, God has promised this, but I've got to do my part. It's taking too long. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to help God out. So Sarai is helping God out and it's not helpful. Well, she becomes pregnant and instantly uh, she has contempt on her mistress, it says, uh, on her slave. She hates her. She got pregnant. So the fault is with me, she thinks to herself. And so she becomes abusive. And she says to, to Abram, uh, he says to her, uh, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Again, uh, not a lot of leadership there in the family. And, um, and it turns out that the... Um, that this, that Hagar, well, okay, look at verse 7. It says, the angel of the Lord 
found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. It's kind of interesting here. When you see, so remember I said that God keeps revealing himself. When you see this phrase, the angel of the Lord, it's just, uh, it's the messenger of the Lord. That's what the word angel means. In Hebrew, it's uh, Malach Yahweh. This is not always, this is sometimes just an angel, but it is often, we find out in these passages where it says the angel of the Lord, and then it says, you know, in, in the next breath, the Lord said. So the angel of the Lord said, and the Lord said, as, it's the, as if it's the same figure, as if the writer is confusing the angel of the Lord and the Lord himself. Well, that's, as we read it in the New Testament, we can see that this is, this is the Lord showing up. And uh, it is his, Jesus showing up to these people, you know, before he is incarnate. At least that's the way I read it. I think many, uh, many Christians read it that way. So it says in verse 7 that the angel of the Lord found her and uh, sends her back and takes care of her um, and says to her, you know, that you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, which means God hears. Her son will, will be named God hears. And then later... Yeah, we also see this, that this this son, he won't be the son of the covenant, but he will be a son who is blessed. But it also says in verse 12, and we can see this in our world today, he'll be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, um, and everyone's hand will be against him. He shall dwell over against his kinsmen. He's not a happy feller. And uh, we can see in history this is likely the Arab nations, and we can see even today that, um, you know, sadly, there's so much um, conflict between these groups, uh, these descendants, Israel and, and the Arabs. I'm not saying that the Israel, the political government of Israel in the, in the land uh, that, that occupied it, it's not the same as, as this Israel, but it's um, descended from the same people. So um, anyway, she calls this the name of the Lord, you are a God of seeing. And I like how the ESV have it has this truly here. I have seen him who looks after me or the God who sees me. And that's a, it's a beautiful thing we can incorporate in our prayers. God, you are a God who, who hears. You are a God who sees, even in, in the worst of situations. Um, so Hagar had a beautiful faith. And even though the covenant will not come through her, her son is blessed. She is blessed. God shows up to her. Well, this is when Abraham... Abram, I should say, is 86. Um, 13 years later, chapter 17, he's 99. God shows up again. It says, the Lord appeared to Abram again and says, I am God Almighty. And in Hebrew, that's El Shaddai. So God, again, is revealing him himself, who he is. He can do all things. And he shows up to make a covenant again. He says, walk before me be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you. Now, he's already made this covenant. Remember chapter 15, He, it is God who walks through the pieces of the animals that would signify the, you know, the beginning of a covenant. And only God walked through it. God walked through it. It's an unconditional covenant. But he comes again and reaffirms his covenant. And here in chapter 17, two new things come out uh, of this covenant. One um, is a new name for Abram. He's no longer called Abram, which is a pretty good name. It means exalted father. <laughs> I don't know if you have anyone in your life whose name means exalted father, but it's a pretty good name. His name is changed to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And so 
this is a test of Abram or Abraham's faith because he doesn't have any kids. Well, he has Ishmael, but God is saying that the covenant won't come through Ishmael. It'll come uh, through another. And so that's the first thing is he gets a new name. The second thing, he gets a new sign. Uh, his We take this for granted today. Uh, sign of circumcision. It was kind of an unusual, a very unusual thing, kind of a a lot uh, for God to ask, especially for um, adult men. All right, get circumcised, and uh, this will be a sign of the covenant. Now, of course, it only applies to to males, and but it does say um, that uh, the the male babies who are eight days old uh, will receive the sign of the covenant. This number eight has shown up before in in this God, in this this book of Genesis. Remember, Abraham had eight uh, people on the ark with him. Um, eight also shows up here as the sign of the covenant, eight days. And then, if we stretch this out in in the New Testament, we see that our Lord Jesus was risen on what we might say the eighth day, which is it's sort of like the first day of the week, but it's the first day come round again and. And so some people like to think of how it's how it's eight days. So there's some significance. Some baptism baptismal fonts have eight sides. At St. Paul, we have one with six. That might get changed to one with eight. We'll see. Anyway, that's... Um, and then God promises again that he will uh, send a son. And, uh, you know, Abraham, Abraham laughs. And um, then God decides uh, that... Um, he says, no, but Sarah, your wife, this is verse 19, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac, which means this, you got to get this. He laughs. All right. So Abraham laughed when he heard this at first and all right, you laugh. Well, I'm going to name your son. He laughs, right? So this is this great, uh, I don't know, joke or like joy, joyful thing that God is doing. And then he says, verse 20, I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Uh, remember his covenant, so far we have that it's he will be a great nation, he will bless all the families of the earth, all the people in the world, that his offspring will be innumerable, that uh, they will have the land uh, uh, that is Canaan at that, this time, that there will be a sign of the covenant, and that kings will come from him, right? Versus Ishmael, it says princes will come. Um, so God is continually making this covenant. And then it says, uh, we see Abraham with a new name. He instantly obeys. He's 99. And he takes himself and his 13-year-old son, Ishmael, and they circumcise. I don't know who does it, but, you know, they, they do this bold thing, and they're circumcised. And all the men in his house are circumcised. We know he had at least, at least a few chapters back when he rescued Lot. There was 318 men in his house, and maybe that's just the warriors. He could have had a lot more, and they're all circumcised. So... He instantly obeys. What, what great faith, right? We see this man who has great faith and no faith. Chapter 18 of Genesis, it's pretty wild. Um, something worth a lot of pondering. It starts off, says, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of, of Mamre. We flip over NIV, it says, uh, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. So he shows up there. He says, The Lord appeared. And then he also says, It's confusing. It says three men appeared. So who is it? Is it the Lord or is it three men? And the answer is yes, but uh, it is. Again, the Lord is showing up as uh, one of these men. 
this is probably the Lord Jesus. We don't know. It's some people later say this is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but um, it doesn't seem like the Father or the Spirit. The Spirit shows up in the form of a dove somewhat in the New Testament when Jesus is baptized. But other than that, like the Father never, Father Spirit, He never shows up in a form. Um, but we see Jesus showing up. So anyway, lots to think about there. But we see He shows up, and Abraham has this great hospitality. He takes, I don't know, it's about um, almost five gallons of wheat, and he makes, he has one of his, uh, he has his wife turn this into, um, into the, the best cake he has, and he has, he goes and gets, uh, you know, this, this great, this beautiful animal, and, and, and he makes, it, it makes it seem like it's just like a couple minutes, but I'm sure it took a while to make all this food, but this is what hospitality in, uh, at this time was like. And then it says, uh, where, you know, the Lord asks him, where is Sarah, your wife? She's in the tent. And then he said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And this is exactly what he had already said at the end of the last chapter. I'll surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the, at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. It goes on and says, verse 12, So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And then it says, the Lord said to Abraham. So again, we're, we're mixing up the men and the Lord, but I think that's just because Jesus is here. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Right? So we have in the previous chapter, Abraham hears this and he laughs. And now Sarah hears it and she laughs, although she's going to deny it. And then the Lord is going to make this great joke where they're all laughing, right? That he'll bring it to pass. Well, um, so that's, that's it. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting things there. In, uh, in the New Testament, we have the um, Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking um, about our righteousness. We could go into great depth here. But he says, basically, uh, don't practice, don't do your piety so that others see it. If you do, that's the only reward you will get. And, of course, he's talking against uh, the culture of his day where people would want to show off and, you know, be super holy and all that stuff. But he says, instead, give in secret. He says, pray in secret. Um, and then he, he teaches us how to pray. And uh, this is so beautiful. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. Um, he does not have at the end. Well, let me just say verse 13. I, so I often think of this. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's how the New Testament reads. We normally say deliver us from evil. This is a good translation here in the NIV. It literally is uh, ha, like the evil one. All right. So it's... Um, this is a good translation. So I think this is appropriate because the Lord's Prayer is about spiritual warfare. Lord, protect us from the evil one. Going back just a little bit at the beginning of that verse says, and lead us not into temptation. We could almost add, because this is the way that Jesus says it and in, in the way it's translated in Greek, but even more, deliver us from the evil one. Right? So um, not only, it's a, like a not only, but even more. Not only lead us not into temptation, but even more, more so, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, and then he goes talks about forgiving and fasting and and um, having one God, not money, but the one true God. And then this verse always haunts me, uh, verse 23. It says, If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And Jesus just exposes our heart because our hearts can be so dark. And so it's a call to repent and a call to go back to the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we repent when we hear Jesus preaching this to us because it exposes our hearts. 
Good stuff, too, in the psalm, Psalm 7, a great, great prayer. Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, I like how it uh, basically says something similar to the Sermon on the Mount that we'll read tomorrow. Uh, he says, listen and ask and search for wisdom, and you'll, you'll be promised to have it. He says in verse 5, Proverbs 2, 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Right, as we ask God for wisdom, as we listen to his word, as we search for it, uh, instantly obey as, as Abraham did, even though he was not perfect, as we repent, as Jesus um, encourages us to do, then we will understand the fear of the Lord. Um, yeah, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Remember the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. And Luther's explanation of this is, what does that mean? And the, the answer is we should fear, love, and trust in God alone. All right. Well, so much there. Um, the it, Proverbs 2.5 ends with this, and you will find the knowledge of God. God wants to reveal himself to us. And so he d I hope you're getting more of this knowledge of God. Uh, the God who hears, the God who sees, the God who is almighty, the God who has a, a beautiful plan where uh, he wants to make us all laugh. All right. Well, the Lord be with you. Um, keep reading, praying. Thank you all so much. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.